This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the dude. Hey, bartender. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm your bartender for the night. I'm the dude, so that's what you call me. Or call me Anthony. We can get over the whole dude thing. I swear I'm going to get over it in, in the next episode or two. Or three. Or and maybe never. Some of you might even enjoy uh, the idea of calling your bartender the dude. I don't know. Uh, how's everybody doing? I mean, we uh, had a hint of going back to work. And then all of a sudden they said, nope, quarantine again. At least in some uh, some areas, not all, but uh, you know, some of you people who got put back on unemployment, hang in there. Uh, I don't know why I'm allowing myself to talk. I was kind of burping and talking at the same time. Kind of disgusting, don't you think? But as bartenders, we do it all the time, especially after lunch. But to get today's show started, it's, this is just a quick shot episode, quick one and run. Let's let's do this. Uh, I decided that I wanted a drink special that was uh, a vodka shot. Uh, instead of just drinking your vodka straight, let's try something a little bit different. So I found there's a white Russian shot. Now, you could probably guess in your head what uh, how to make a white Russian shot, but I'm going to tell you about it anyway. The ingredients go as follows. One-third cup coffee liqueur, one-quarter cup of vodka, two tablespoons of cream, and whipped cream for topping. Now, how you make this? You mix the coffee liqueur and vodka in your cocktail strainer. Add cream. Stir to combine. Do not shake the shit out of it this time. Randy Randy Lynn, I'm sorry, but this is not a time to shake the shit out of anything. Pour all the contents into your shot glass, top it with whipped cream, and throw that bastard down your gullet. It is that easy. I got that from take2tapas.com. Uh, They've got other stuff on there, lots of drink recipes and other recipes. Go check them out. Uh, I didn't know you, uh, I didn't, I never, never occurred to me that you could turn a white Russian into a shot, but it seems so obvious now, doesn't it? Oh, well, you know, you learn some new stuff every day. Uh, Is that why I'm here doing this podcast to teach you? No, I'm here to entertain, but if you learn something on the way, that's your own fault. I didn't have any intention of teaching you anything. Okay, so we're back in quarantine, people. We're back to just serving food out a window or walking it out to a car while, while everybody wears a mask. It's a challenging way, but uh, let's face it, uh, you know, it's kind of fun pretending that you're Darth Vader. At least that's the way I, uh, the way I think about it. You know, I'm going to tell you this story real quick. I was... Uh, instructed by one of my doctors to go into my doctor's office for a wellness visit. Nothing, nothing serious. It wasn't even a full physical, just a couple tests, you know, just make sure that everything's working just fine. So I go over to my doctor's office before I, uh, I went there though, 
I talked to the receptionist and she said, please wear a mask when you come into the office. So I, you know, I thought, okay, yeah, why not? And, uh, I'll admit to you, my listeners here, I haven't been the most responsible when it comes to wearing a mask, but, uh, since they reminded me, uh, to wear a mask, I, I, uh, took the one that I have from work and walked in there. It wasn't even one of those blue paper ones. I actually have a kind of a fancy one that, that, uh, work gave to me. So, I, but I decided to leave the one, the respirator that I use for when I'm working on sanding or dusty projects out in the garage, the one where I will walk up to my mirror and go, are you my mummy? You know, from Dr. Who, you know, um, anyway, um, so I put on my mask and I head over to the doctor's office. And as soon as I get there, there are two people already standing there at the door. Not, uh, it's a little bit before 10 o'clock. And as soon as I walk up to the door, I'm reading, I'm trying to read from a distance, all the papers that are on the door. And as soon as I get up to the door, uh, there's a woman and a man standing there. They're not together. One's on the right side. The man's on the right side of the door. Woman's on the right, left side of the door. And she goes, excuse me, but there's a line. And I said, oh, okay. Uh, and uh, uh, as I'm trying to read the paper, she goes, he's first, I'm second. And I said, oh, okay. Didn't even have time to read any of the signs. So since she was second, I decided, okay, I'm going to stand right behind her since obviously she told me that there was a line. And did that make me feel, give me the need to screw with her? Absolutely it did. Uh, you know, it goes back to, uh, goes back to my bartending days. I used to screw with customers all the time, but since she, uh, gave me a little bit of attitude, I decided I'm in a good mood today. I'm going to mess with her a little bit. So I stood with, I did not social distance from her. I stood maybe one or two feet right behind her and just stood there and decided maybe two or three fake coughs through my mask. Of course, I was wearing the mask at the time. And, uh, then all of a sudden she turns around, uh, she kind of jumps and then turns around and looks at, looks at me and says, um, could you step back please? And I'm like, Oh sure. Yeah, no problem. And I took a couple steps back and I decided that that's good enough. But when I got into the actual building, now they had in this doctor's office, you have this kind of, uh, I don't know, transition room that, uh, goes in the outside before you go in through another door. Uh, into the doctor's office and uh, the doctor's office door was open and I thought well that's kind of weird but the door to the outside was closed and I'm checking in uh, instead of just being an empty room there's one of the receptionists she's sitting right there she's taking your information she's uh, checking you into your appointment and she I said uh, hi I'm here for my doctor's appointment at 9 to 9:45, and she says oh you're a little late she's flipping me a little bit shit and I, uh, I said, uh, uh, yeah, she, she told me there was a line. I pointed at the old lady that told me, you know, that, uh, I was, I wasn't going to be first one in and she goes, well, you have an appointment, so you could have just come in. And I turned, I turned and looked at that lady. She wouldn't let me. And, you know, the lady refused to make eye contact with any of us. And we, uh, me and the reception lady kind of had a bit of a laugh about it. I checked in, I sat down at the, uh, sat down, uh, waited my turn and maybe two or three minutes later, all of a sudden the nurse comes out and, uh, and calls my name. And I said right here and she goes, come back here. 
please with me. And I start to head back there and I had to really fight the urge to pull down my mask, stick out my tongue and give her the, give the old woman a finger. Uh, she, she tried to pull a Karen on me, but luckily I take nothing seriously. And, uh, if you screw with me, I just screw right back. So, you know, hopefully you guys learned something from that story. I know I didn't, but rest assured people, your bartender is a okay. At least as good as it can be in this day and age. I don't have COVID. I don't have, uh, any, uh, interesting diseases. I'm, pretty humdrum and uh you know just you know um just the usual stuff no you know allergies and nothing fun about me at least according to the doctor but anyway uh for this short episode i decided earlier today to post on my instagram profile in the uh in the feed uh ask me any questions and i'll talk about it on tonight's episode i thought it would be kind of fun and uh you know, it's first time I've done it. Word really didn't get around, but I did get a couple questions. And of course, they are from probably my number one fan, Boogie Li- Boogie Lives. There, finally that burp came out. From my number one fan, Boogie Lives. Anytime I offer some kind of challenge or uh, anything like that, this dude jumps up. He, I think he just loves a free advertisement. Um, he asked me a typical bar uh, bartender question. Two questions, actually. I'll ans- uh, answer this one first. Uh, what was the biggest tip you received from bartending? That is kind of a tough thing. Uh, everybody gets big tips from something, and you you know sometimes you think of a big tip, you see a uh, hundred dollars, and think that's a huge tip. But when you had a tabletop of twelve, and uh, that all had cocktails and expensive meals, maybe that was a big tip. Maybe that wasn't. You ran your you had to run your ass off all night for it. So yeah, you did earn a hundred dollars, but you know, whatever. Um, I Some of the bigger tips that I got during my time as a bartender were from the video poker players because a lot of them, like all gamblers, are superstitious. They, uh, they automatically had to spread the wealth around uh, as soon as they won something. So the top prize uh, that you could get naturally on the, on the highest paying hand, the Royal Flush, on the video poker machine was $600. And most of the poker players would give you 10% of their winnings. So that was an easy 60 bucks. And so you may, uh, I made friends with my uh, more avid poker players. Did I expect a tip from them every time? No, not at all. But uh, it was really nice when they did. There was this one woman that uh, every time she won something, guaranteed 10%, $130, I got 13. $50, I got five. And, uh, there were a couple nights where I probably walked home with, uh, somewhere around 400 bucks and, uh, probably about 300 of that was from her. Now, unfortunately for her, she was a really nice lady or, uh, her husband was, uh, really friendly. Unfortunately, the money that she was gambling with wasn't obtained the most legal way. That's all I'm going to say about it. Just in case, uh, the, there's still things going on about that. So after a while, all of a sudden she disappeared. And then I did run into her much later. And uh, uh, she said she had quit playing poker and didn't want to talk to me at all. I was just going to go over and say hi. But she was probably one of my more consistent high tippers. Uh, the 
another really big tip that I did receive was on a bet. My best friend, Shannon, uh, when she and I were bartending together, it used to be a common game to play in the bar for people to guess how old she was. And because she never looked her age ever. And when you did find out her age, everybody was usually, oh my God, really? The guys were like, what? And the women were like, oh dear God, I wish I could look like her. Uh, I wish I'll, I look like her when I get to that age. Now, at the time when she and I were working together, she was 40 years old. That's not old. But everybody, I think, you know, it's that old thing when uh, you're 21 years old and you think 40 is old. No, 40 isn't old. Trust me. Um, well, uh, trust, well, I, I, I'm 43 right now. And there are days where I come home from work or come home from the karate dojo and my, uh, joints and my muscles are saying, you're not 16. Well, no, I'm not 16, but, um, you know, Shannon looked great. Uh, it still does, uh, at, uh, 40 years old. If you remember who Shannon Moore, if you don't remember who Shannon Moore is, or this is the first time you're hearing her name, she was the first interview that I did on this show. I think it was in the first 10 episodes I did, maybe. Uh, but look back in the history of Hey Bartender Podcast. You can listen to her. But one guy, one guy, he put money down on it. And uh, he, uh, I said, I bet you can't guess Shannon's age. And he says, oh, I bet I can. I bet you $100 right now that I can guess her age. And I thought, well, if he does guess her age, I don't have $100. Ah, eh, well, it's all in fun. And he, uh, he looks at her and just, I think he just decided to blurt out any number. I think he actually said 52. And that could be nowhere more wrong. And I even looked at Shannon going, 52? Where the fuck did he come up with that number? But I won $100 over it. So... Uh, you know, I don't encourage betting, uh, with your customers at all. There was even one customer who said, uh, I bet you all the money in my wallet that something this, that I don't remember what the bet was. Uh, and I said, no, I'm not placed making that bet. He opens up his wallet and shows me that he does have a generous amount of cash in it. And he goes, you should have made that bet, man. Uh, you could have made this much money. And I said, why would I let you bet? Uh, money on something stupid like that or throw away all your money on something you know know, stupid trivia uh, like something trivial like that I mean I was trying to be nice to him Uh, I think he understood that a few days later not at the moment though now uh, the other question that I uh, got from Boogie Lives um, he asked me how many guitars do I own because I do I post very few person uh, pictures of myself on the Hey Bartender podcast, and I probably should do more. But uh, he's probably run into like some of my personal photos. He's probably run into like I've got a YouTube channel out there somewhere. It's not Hey Bartender podcast, uh, but he's seen pictures of me with guitars in the background. Now, um, here's a little uh, thing about me: not as a, not really as a bartender. Um, I love music. Uh, I have been playing music since I was uh, old enough to push the keys on a piano. 
couldn't reach the pedals, but I, you know, I still sat up on the bench and, you know, tried to, uh, tried to play something. Um, my parents started me out on piano when I was very young, when I was in high school or when I got to grade school, my sister was uh, playing violin. So I thought I had to play violin. Uh, I also played the trumpet as a, it was a class requirement for music in eighth grade. Uh, when I got to high school, I started playing drums. When I got, uh, uh, partway through high school, I joined a band. We were playing um, Metallica, Alice in Chains, all covers. And uh, I was watching the guitar player, and I thought, I can do that. And a couple years later, um, well, I picked up my dad's uh, classic, classic guitar, a nylon acoustic guitar, and started playing some of the riffs that I'd watch the other guys do because they wouldn't teach me. And uh, that's where I started picking up guitar. Now, uh, if you ask me which instrument is my favorite, uh, if you looked at my collection, you'd probably think guitar because I have a small collection of them. And, uh, but uh, I actually love playing the drums a lot more. Uh, but when you're uh, in your mid-20s, when you're in your 30s, it's tough to practice the drums, especially when you're living in an apartment. Uh, now I live in a house now and I can, uh, I can play as much as I want, but then there comes in like space requirements and, you know, do I use this room to practice my karate or do I set up the drum kit to play the drums? Well, I'll set it up on the weekends, but, oh God, I got to put it away now. Yeah. Drums can be very difficult in that way. But when, uh, years ago, I think I was 18 I decided I want to buy my own electric guitar. And I ended up buying this Telecaster uh, made by a company named Samick and a small 10-watt amp and went from there. And uh, I started uh, started learning how to play riffs, uh, learning songs, learning chords, and uh, it kind of progressed from there. And... Then later on, I'm starting to, to discover that guitars, uh, the different shapes really have nothing, uh, really, it's not all just about the look, uh, but there's, you know, different sounds you can pull from them or different con uh, pickup configurations. There are uh, different things you can do with, uh, with different guitars. I mean, sure, BC Rich has the Warlock, I'd never owned one of those personally because it that's really not my style. I'm more truth being told, I'm more of a Les Paul guy. But um I started, you know, thinking, uh, you know, this guitar sounds really good. I gotta have it. This guitar sounds really good, I gotta have it. And then it became kind of an obsession, you know, like at, uh like, okay, I've played this guitar for a little while, but I like this guitar. And after the obsession, um, you know, I sold the uh, the Telecaster and got my first Les Paul, and then after a while, uh, I just all of a sudden one day one day decided I'm big Oasis fan, and uh, Noel Gallagher played an Epiphone Casino hollow body guitar, and I love their music so of course, and I love the Beatles and they uh, they played. Epiphone Casinos, Epiphone Dots, along with all the other guitars that they're familiar with, like Rickenbacker and Gretsch. And, uh, but 
I thought I really want one of those guitars. So, um, after, uh, about a week of bartending, I counted up all the tips that I had and said, I've got enough to go out and buy one of those guitars. So I, I immediately went to the, uh, music store and played a bunch of guitars and finally found the one that when I looked at it, it made me smile. You know, they showed me all sorts of guitars, but I was just, nah, no. But then they brought out uh, the Tobacco Sunburst Epiphone Dot, and the smile came over my face. Now, the reason why that smile came over my face is because I'd just broken up with a girlfriend, and I was really down. I was uh, uh, depressed like anybody, any other person at that time uh, would be uh, after a breakup. And, uh, you know, shopping therapy that everybody does it. I mean, how many of you people have something in your closet that you really shouldn't have bought, but it made you happy at the time because you were depressed that tobacco sunburst Epiphone was that thing. Cause I just gone through a breakup and then I bought that guitar and everything was right in the universe for a while. And I, you know, I'm started starting to practice a little bit more uh, chords instead of just power chords, and I still can't play leads. Don't e- don't even ever ask me to play lead, but um, I'm starting to learn more about chords and uh, learning more Beatles songs, more Who songs, Oasis, um, and then from there on, it just became I like that style of guitar. I'll get one of those, uh, you know, because I had the money. It it's like that thing you hear about. Uh, on social media where people say, um, I, uh, I'm, I have grown up money now, but I still buy stuff like I'm a kid. That's kind of the way I am with, uh, musical instruments. I love musical instruments and I love music. That's why I promote, uh, musicians on my podcast all the time because I love promoting music and I love music. I love hearing different people's different take on everything. And so when I all of a sudden get that urge, like, you know, like I own a banjo and, uh, I don't really, I can play maybe two songs on it, one and a half. And, uh, but it was just at the time I was looking at it going, I, I want to try that. I want to, you know, I want to see what that's like. And I bought one. I've been fiddling around with it, learning, uh, learning as I go when I have the time and it's kind of fun. I even own a mandolin. And I'm still trying to learn chords and try, uh, go along because I think I uh, actually have that aspiration of being that guy in the band that can jump anywhere. You know, uh, uh, the drummer has to go out and do something. Okay, I'll jump uh, jump behind the drums. Okay, we need a rhythm guitar player on this. Okay, I'll play rhythm. And, you know, I'm, I just I feel like I want to be able to do everything if I was put in a band. And uh, so I've bought quite a few guitars um to answer your question boogie lives um the fact that i have to pause for a second and think about how many guitars i have i think i have something like 14 14 different guitars going between acoustic and electric um some of them are homage to my uh my favorite artists like i have an esp explorer that uh james hetfield uh, uh, Jim, James Hetfield played plays. I don't know if he still plays it, but it's a black ESP Explorer. I have 
the Trini Lopez, uh, light blue David Grohl uh, uh, Gibson. And I have uh, John Lennon Epiphone Acoustic. You know, it, it, there's, there's a couple of guitars that uh, I have that's pretty much an homage. But the thing is, sure, I spent the money for these guitars. And some people would probably want to frame them or display them behind lights, uh, behind glass or something like that. But to me, musical instruments are meant to be played. You you don't buy, say, Eric Clapton's uh, Fender Stratocaster and hang it on the wall. To me, that's blasphemy. Take the thing down. Play it, damn it. Because that's what it was built for. It it wasn't there to be uh, commemorated. It wasn't there to be admired. It's there to be played. And so owning a copy of uh, James Hetfield guitar, John Lennon's guitar, Dave Grohl's guitar... Uh, yeah, it, the, the fact that I have it is fun, but you got to play it. And, you know, with, uh, with some of you bartenders and, uh, servers out there right now who are probably kind of wondering what to do, uh, I bet some of you probably have something sitting in your closet, an old hobby that you haven't picked up in a really long time. And, you know, now's the time people, because what else you got to do? Um, I also, I want to take a second to congratulate, uh, my guest for last week's show, uh, uh, Shanna Swain. She just got her realist, uh, she just passed her realtor's test and that was her taking advantage of her downtime and she loves bartending. Uh, she told me that dozens of times, but she pretty much saw the future. She, you know, uh, you know, muscle pains or, uh, she, she just had to, uh, go out and do something different. And she took this COVID opportunity to learn something new or try something new and good for her. So, um, anybody who's listening to this podcast, I want you to uh, get on Instagram, uh, at, at Shanna Swain com and congratulate her for passing her realtors test. And, uh, uh, think about that for yourself. I mean, we all love bartending. We, uh, I loved it, uh, for the years that I did it. Uh, but every once in a while you have to have a backup plan. Think of it as a backup plan. Now, my backup plan was not to join the Beatles cause they never answer my emails. Um, you know, they got two openings right now, but oh, that's blasphemous. I'm sorry, George. I'm sorry, John, uh, wherever you may be. But, um, you know, I don't, uh, my intention wasn't of, uh, you know, becoming a musician, uh, because I love to play music. I play for my friends all the time. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've never been able to write a song. If I had, uh, the time and the thought to really put into writing a song, maybe right now would be a good time, but I have a day job. And usually after that day job, I'm really freaking tired and, uh, and sometimes can't even pick up a guitar. A lot of times I will sit in front of my TV, pick up a guitar, and then strum out a few chords, play some Garth Brooks, uh, play the intro to Unforgiven if it, I have an acoustic in my hand, uh, try to learn the riff to a song that I never really knew, uh, 
or um, actually uh, the one, my obsession right now is I give, get out one of my electric guitars and work my hardest to try to play the intro to Thunderstruck. Does anybody realize out there how difficult that uh, intro is? Because I thought it was all hammer-ons, but he's actually uh, picking it. And so getting my right and my left hand to cooperate at the same time, that's really difficult. But it's all in practice. Kind of like when you were behind the bar and you had to learn all these drinks and not only learn all of those drinks, but also learn how the customers like them. Pain in the ass, isn't it? All right, people, that is last call. That is the short episode that, well, ran a little bit longer than I intended. But um, uh, like I said, everybody, uh, run out, uh, get on Instagram, uh, go to the profile, Shanna Swain, com, and congratulate her for getting her real estate or passing her real estate test. Uh, Thank you, Boogie Lives, for uh, giving me a couple questions to talk about on the show. Dude, you're like... uh, you love the attention from my show, don't you? You're like probably my biggest fan, and I appreciate you, no matter how much I'm going to probably make fun of you in the next few episodes. Um, uh, remember to check out Hey Bartender Podcast. I usually post a new regular episode every Saturday, a short episode every Wednesday, at least try to. Um, and remember, if you want to be a part of the show, Email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. If you're a bartender, server, or just somebody who's worked in the service industry, feel free to contact me. I'd love to have you on the show and talk about your life a little bit. If you have a cool drink recipe, email me. If you're a band out there and want to get your sound out there, please feel free to email me. I love promoting music. Uh, remember to check out www.heybartenderpodcast.com for... Uh, and help support the show by buying some Hey Bartender Podcast swag. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Hey Bartender Podcast, Instagram, Hey Bartender Podcast, and Twitter, Hey Bartender PO1. Uh, uh, there, I usually try to uh, entertain you guys by posting goofy memes or just goofy things that are popping in my head, or it'll just alert you when the new show is coming out. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you for listening. And remember, I wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's last go? I just got here.